Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of All the President's Men. Unit 1 to Unit 2. What? We're home. Base 1 to Unit 1. Base 1 to Unit 1. Hold it, you mother! Hold it! Police! There's been a break-in at Democratic headquarters, and they were bugging the place. Woodward. Bernstein, you're both on the story now. Don't get out. Redford. I'm Bob Woodward of the Washington Post. Mr. Markham, are you here in connection with the Watergate burglary? I'm not here. Hoffman. Hi, uh, this is Carl Bernstein of the Washington Post, and I was just wondering if you can remember... All the President's Men. The story of the two young reporters who cracked the Watergate conspiracy. White House. Howard Hunt, please. He might be at Mr. Colson's office. Who's Charles Colson? Did you know, uh, Howard Hunt? Well, the White House said he was doing some investigative work. What do you say? They stumbled into Leeds. Certainly it comes as no surprise to you that Howard was with the CIA. No, no surprise at all. They tripped over clues. We'd like to see all the material requested by the White House. All White House transactions are confidential. This whole thing is a cover-up. It's right on our nose. And piece by piece, they solve the greatest detective story in American history. There is no way the White House can control the investigation. I, I don't want to say anymore, okay? Have you been threatened if you tell the truth? Is there a cover-up? Don't you understand what you're on to? Mitchell knew? Of course, Mitchell knew. Woodward! Bernstein! Get in here! At times, it looked as if it might cost them their jobs. You guys are about to write a story that says the former attorney general, the highest-ranking law enforcement officer in this country, is a crook. Their reputations. Why is the Post trying to do it? I don't know. Perhaps even their lives. All right, everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for All the President's Men, and the story is as follows. Two green reporters and rivals working for the Washington Post, Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein, researched the botched 1972 burglary of the Democratic Party headquarters at the Watergate apartment complex. With the help of a mysterious source codenamed Deep Throat, the two reporters make a connection between the burglars and a White House staffer. Despite dire warnings about their safety, the duo follows the money all the way to the top. The film is starring Dustin Hoffman, Robert Redford, Jack Warden, Martin Balsam, Hal Hallbrook, Jason Robards, and Jane Alexander. It is directed by Alan J. Pakula and written by William Goldman. Here to join me today for this Patreon throwback podcast review, I have Evo Day. Follow the money, boys. 
Always follow the money. <laughs> and Danilo Castro. Run that, baby. And Dan Bear. They just don't make him like Robert Redford anymore, do they? Amen. <laughs> that could that could go for both the film and the man. <laughs> it's true. And also joining us as a guest here, we have the returning Brendan Hodges, everybody. Happy to be here, and I don't want a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> so, much like Dustin Hoffman in this movie, I took copious notes on my third rewatch of All the President's Men here, a movie that we're discussing for the release of the upcoming film She Said, which is another film in a long line of movies that I think are, have, in one way or another, been influenced by all the president's men. It's really like the gold standard in terms of how to make an investigative journalism film. And there's a long history, obviously, with both the production of this movie, but then also, too, its influence over time. And then, you know, you can't but help, of course, talking about the real-world implications of what exactly Carl Bernstein and Bob Woodward uh, accomplished here in terms of just going after sources good old-fashioned journalism, ultimately bringing down the most powerful man in the country at the time, Richard M. Nixon. The movie is very much not so much about the aftermath of the investigation, but more so about the details of the investigation itself, adapted from the novel All the President's Men, which was written by the two journalists and came out just only a few years uh, prior, I believe only two years prior before the uh, movie release. But Robert Redford, uh, both as a producer and a star on this film, was involved very early on in securing the rights uh, for the book and turning it into the movie and the classic that it is today. What do we think of it? Why don't we pass it off first to our guest, Brendan. What are your thoughts on All the President's Men? Well, uh, I love this movie. This is actually one of my favorite movies of all time. I think it is the greatest journalism film of all time. Uh, I think it's one of the great historical documents of all time in terms of cinema that captures kind of the ethos, the atmosphere of a particular point in American history. Um, and we'll go more into that later. Uh, I, I think that it has ever-present relevance in our lives, uh, not only in terms of the fact that we've watched many of our rights as citizens be encroached upon in terms of surveillance, but also abuse of presidential powers. And you really could watch this movie in you know the 80s, the decade after it was made, or in the 2000s or the 2010s, or currently, and get new meaning and resonance out of this work of art as it pertains to our real world politics in different ways, mostly sad ways. Um, I think that it also is just one of the great movies about um, abuse of presidential power in, in general. Uh, the way it manifests that idea by having characters orbit this and how everyone is shushed and everyone is afraid and the way power silences people is all very intoxicating and you see these characters in peril under that um besides the kind of moral and historical value of the movie it's also just a great kind of rip-roaring entertainment it's a crackerjack paranoia thriller um it's lit beautifully um and it's a great movie about studying behavior you see people behaving under duress in different ways and that generates a lot of suspense 
It's also one of the great movies about dudes. <laughs> you get these two main characters, Woodward and Bernstein, and their bromance kind of forming through mutual interest. Um, it's a great food movie. A lot of great snacking goes on in this film. <laughs> it, it's a great split diopter shot movie. Um, it also might be uh, one of the best movies, if not the greatest movie, to show the greatest phone acting in cinema history. So much great phone acting is, is in this film. Um, I don't know. I, I just think there's a ridiculous amount of things going on in the movie cinematically in terms of narrative that warrants many, many rewatches. Uh, the performances are really lived in. You really feel like you are in the room with these people. It's kind of weirdly a great hangout movie as well. Um, and I just think it's one of the all time great films basically ever. So that's my take. <laughs> okay. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. All right. Strong words coming out of the gate here. Evo Day, how about you? So this film would probably fall into uh, the category of when I was a teenager and I felt like I had to watch all the quote-unquote important movies in history, I sort of just put this on and probably didn't give it nearly as much attention as it deserved. And when you said that we were going to be doing this for a podcast, I was like, you know what, I need to rewatch this film as now that I'm older and will give it a lot more attention and understand what's going on. And I'm really glad I did get the opportunity to rewatch it. I uh, would agree with everything Brandon says. I It's certainly not one of my all-time favorite films, but that doesn't mean it's not good. It's actually very good. You could go as far to say that it is a great film of its genre, of its decade, of the stars that are in it that really give such great performances and are really indicative of a sort of star system and star quality that we don't really have anymore. Uh, I I think one of the things that really struck me this time was realizing how the film is both very precise in, you know, its script, in the behavior of its characters, of the cinematography, and yet it feels so naturalistic. It doesn't feel rehearsed. It doesn't feel overdramatic in any points where it's not supposed to be. I really, uh, like I said, was really impressed with the two lead actors. Uh, I would say particularly Dustin Hoffman, I think, kind of in a in a sort of charming way that I'm not used to seeing him. He wasn't as as sort of nerdy as as I typically see him in films. I actually thought he was very dashing in this. And you know, but you know, next to Robert Redford, I mean, <laughs> Robert Redford is just <laughs> is just so easy to look at, which and a great performer. Let me just be clear about that. Um I I do find so I found sometimes that because of how detailed this film is, I did get lost in the plot a little bit. And I'm fully ready to admit that that is a fault of mine as maybe just not being quick enough and able to, you know, differentiate between all these characters. They used a lot of sort of slang language that you may not understand immediately. Like they refer to the committee to reelect the president as creep. And maybe if you didn't catch that the first time, they'll keep mentioning that word and you'll think, what are they talking about? And they keep saying the word creep. 
But that to me isn't really a fault of the film as much as it's kind of a fault of me as the viewer. So I don't want to fault the film on its accuracy. I I don't really have any faults for it. I can't really say there's anything wrong with it. It'll never be my kind of film that I go back to because it is like what Brendan said, a dude movie. Like it it's very uh it's very sort of clean. It's very uh straightforward. I personally like a little bit more pizzazz in my films, but for what it is, I think it, it's fantastic. All righty. Danilo Castro, on to you, sir. I saw this movie for the first time when I was a teenager, and I think a little bit like Eve, I was I was uh, sort of able to stand back and be like, appreciate the achievement of the film and, and what it stood for and, and some of the performances, but it didn't really grab me. I, I, I was kind of, I did get lost in the minutia of it a little bit. Were you forced to watch it for school? No, I think it was just a thing of I should see this movie. It was it was that yeah. that first wave of being like I need to start seeing some of these important films, mm-hmm. and so it's one I've gone back to probably a handful of times since then, and each time it plays a lot better. Um, this movie is great. It is while it's really sort of steeped in the jargon and a lot of stuff that it doesn't necessarily spoon feed to you. I think that element really rewards repeat viewings um and uh to brendan's point it is a great hangout movie movies like this movies like zodiac they're if you're if you're sort of of a particular um if you have a predisposition towards you know looking into like what happened with this in real life what happened with this case if you like looking up stuff while you're watching a movie movies like this really reward that type of mentality and um it, it makes sense why this is sort of the gold standard that all journalism movies sort of pull from because it has traumatized but not to the point of being overwrought uh factual but not to the point of it getting in the way of entertainment like it strikes this really impressive balance um that i just think has aged beautifully uh even though there are dated components it's one of those rare films that uh it's dated aspects sort of help um to sort of uh illustrate the i don't know how to say exactly how to it supports the era of it uh because of what the the source material is whereas with other period pieces i think it gets sort of bogged down in stuff that can be interpreted as corny or or stuff that plays worse now but Mm, uh yeah no i'll save you know specifics for later on but um this movie's fantastic, and I get the impression I'll continue to think that it's better each time I rewatch it. All right. And Dan Bear. Yeah. Uh, what a film. <laughs> <laughs> I, I find it really difficult to separate this movie from the, uh, from the time in which it was made. I think in large part because it it, it it is so of the time in which it was made. It is so of the time of which it was made that they were able to get away with a lot of shortcuts in the storytelling and um, the slang and the terminology of things. Um, when I was watching it this time and that opening scene, I was like, what is going on? Who are these people? Who are we following? What's happening? But, I know that to people at the time that this was made, they would have known exactly what was going on in every scene of this movie. So while it does get, it can get a little hard to follow, especially if you're not 
really up on your history, I as long as you are like paying close enough attention, you'll grasp enough to understand what these characters are going through and what roadblocks are coming in their way and why. It is uh, almost ridiculously well crafted. <laughs> um, the cinematography. Uh, the editing, the score, the um, the performances. I love, I think, just about every performance in this. Even, like, in the smallest roles, everyone is just doing such good work. All of which is to say that, like, this movie is too damn good to end where it ends. I've thought about this over time. Which is not to say that I think the ending is bad. I think if you're going to end it where they end it, it ends on a freaking high. I mean, just that typewriter pounding away is it, it, it leaves you that the rush, which is like very strange. I don't know how to even describe it, but it works. But this movie is so meticulous and so well done and so well paced, so well crafted, so well performed for it to essentially only tell half the story is so frustrating. And I, mostly because like, I cannot think of a person who would watch this for two hours and 20 minutes and not have been okay with watching at least another 40, 45 minutes to get it to three hours, which is how long it should have been. They would have made this into a miniseries today. Absolutely. And I For think sure. there is a really great miniseries could be made of this, probably should be made of this, because, I mean, <laughs> Jesus, it was difficult to watch because everything that we're seeing now and all the things that there that Woodstein is are going through <laughs> I'm like it's so obvious did you like just combine your names and call him Woodstein yeah, like, okay I, I love that I like well, that like he does in the movie <laughs> I you know what I, I didn't even put two and two together until like I heard you say it out loud and I was yeah. like wait what <laughs> <laughs> History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. Yeah, 
that was their nickname. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, it was it was a little frustrating to watch now because you're like, of course, like, yeah, follow the money, you idiots. Yeah, of course everyone is lying. And you like if they're lying at this way, then you know it has to go all the way up to the top. Like, come on. Well, that speaks to what you were saying before about the film being very much of its time and yeah. you know, putting yourself in like the perspective of people that were living in you know, uh, during the early 1970s, it's like, yeah, their main source of information was the news and everything that they were told about their government was that government's always telling the truth. <laughs> yeah. And this sort of conspiracy was inconceivable at yeah. the time. And witnessing what we have gone through over the past, I mean, you could say two years, you could also say much longer than that is like, come on, guys. Put, put two and two together. It's not that hard. But anyway, I really, really like this movie. It, it could have been like absolute note perfect, but I, I do think it's basically essentially missing a third act, which is very frustrating, especially because it's so dang good. Yeah, very similar thoughts here uh, to a lot of what's been said so far. I read the book in college and I remember the course was I don't remember like the name of the course but it was something about historical events and tying it into the media uh so we would watch a corresponding movie but then we were also asked to write these reports on either documents or books and things of that nature and one of them was all the President's Men, and then and that's how I watched All the President's Men for the first time. Then I watched it again later when it was released on Blu-ray uh, for the first time, and now here I am again watching it for a third time. And like Danilo said, I grow to like this movie more and more with each passing viewing. I can tell you right now that having read the book before watching the movie was a huge help because I, as someone who has trouble with just reading comprehension in general, I was that was a hard book for me to follow. It was like so many names and, you know, as as what's already been said, this movie places you so much in the time. And if you think of it from the standpoint of, well, everybody who went to the theater in 1976 to watch this movie was fully aware of the storyline that they were about to watch because it was so documented uh only a few years prior to them in the news itself. And back then that was the only way to get your source of information. So majority of the country, if not everybody knew about it. So I can fully understand like the movie's approach in that regard. Um, But still as somebody who, you know, whether it was 10 years ago or even today, if you're coming at this like for the first time, it can be extremely daunting because a lot of the stuff that they mention you kind of have to just accept it for what it is. And if you got to do a quick pause and Google search for something, I don't blame you. I, I found it actually very helpful this time around to watch the movie with subtitles uh, all throughout. And that made the experience a little bit better. Oh, that's a good idea. This is a big subtitles movie. <laughs> I did the same thing. I just, 
did what a lot of people do when they watch The Crown nowadays. I had Wikipedia open the whole time. <laughs> Just constantly checking. <laughs> hey everyone, sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of our review for All the President's Men here on the Next Best Picture podcast. In order to get the full over two hour long review, you will have to head on over to our Patreon under Next Best Picture, where for $1 minimum a month, you'll get the rest of this review and other exclusive podcast content from us as well. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. You've watched them in unforgettable adventures, love affairs, and tragedies. Now it's time to hear their own remarkable stories. From the makers of Death of a Rockstar and Death of a Sports Star, this is Death of a Film Star. Starring Heath Ledger, Marilyn Monroe, Chadwick Boseman, Robin Williams, Carrie Fisher, and Bruce Lee. Search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. You've seen them tell stories. Now it's time to tell theirs.